This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound. Terjana Hall looking for 500. He shoots. He scores. Brad Hall, number 500. Oh, unbelievable oh, save by Jake Allen. Tarasenko in the clear. He scores. And now here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Hello, Blues fans, and welcome to your Monday morning edition of the Blues NHL Podcast. I'm your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Flying solo in the studio today is my uh, good friend and partner on Mondays, Gary Henson from the McKendree University Bearcats Division II hockey program, is in Vegas, if you can imagine, and we all know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so Gary is staying in Vegas uh, by that account, so um, I called in a good friend to join me from the get-go as I was indisposed yesterday and admittedly did not see as much as of the game as uh, most blues fans did as I was probably with the other 300,000 people downtown watching it on the big screen at ballpark village so let's call in the expert himself and get a little blow by blow of some of the events from yesterday as it was a great day in St. Louis and a great day at Bush Stadium but also a phenomenal day at Scott Trade Center let's get in Jamie Rivers Jamie what's going on hey how you doing Jim well, I appreciate you stepping up and uh, giving us more than just a couple of minutes today, as you normally do on Monday, as uh, I'm flying solo and, um, you know, didn't get well, to I, hear as much, is, you know. I can't believe that anybody is actually at work today. Well, like, yes. We talk about the national holiday, you know, opening day being not a national, but at least citywide here for, for St. Louis people. It should be a holiday. So now it's like Super Bowl, right? Like everybody gets all drunk and fired up yesterday with not – one event, but two big events with the Cardinals opening day and then the Blues, who we'll get to in a minute. But Cards game, you know, what an awesome start to the season for them. I mean, so many awesome things with Molina and then, you know, out the the win um, with Grichuk, I think is that how you pronounce Grichuk, his name. you're close. I mean, that, that might be how the Grichuk. hockey players pronounce it. Grichuk. You know, I just, <laughs> all, I ta- all I saw was him was great hockey hair at the end of the game. <laughs> good so, flow, good flow. You know, and it, yeah, great flow. Probably didn't have trouble uh, getting a beer last night. Probably didn't have trouble getting a date. Um, so, no, it's an awesome thing. So, like I said, you know, long story short here, I can't believe anybody's working, let alone you, Cromer, who I know that you're probably doing the uh, the Granite City two-step, two-step left, two steps right. Well, this is a labor of love. I don't call this work. Because as today, I'm going to get to talk to you on this show about all the events of yesterday, and then I'm going to sit with – I'm gonna actually in studio with Benji Molina for my Cardinal show and talk about Cardinal baseball, so it is a labor of love. Oh, I, you're just going to drop a name like Molina? No big deal. Well, hey, hey listen, Molina it's Ma- Molina, Rivers, Kimball. I mean, I'm hanging in good company here, so I'm good. <laughs> hey, um, but, but – 
you said it. It was a fantastic day yesterday to be a to be a proud sports uh, fan in St. Louis. And we're going to get to all that. Before we do, we want to remind everybody to make sure they check us out at bluesnhlpodcast.com. That's where you can get the current episode, any back episodes. It's also the easiest way to subscribe to the show. Uh, when you get to the website there, you'll just click subscribe to the podcast. It'll get you right through it. It is free, and it does get you a notification every time we do a show. Uh, also, really enjoy everything going on with Twitter these days. It's so much fun, and as things get a little more intensified, it's almost like drunk Twitter, like everybody's just shouting out stuff and how they feel. That's why we really enjoy it. It's at STL Blues Podcast is where you can find us. Uh, as we get closer to the playoffs, too, it's going to be time for like Jamie and Darren to just take over our Twitter account and have some real fun with it. That way they can just blame it on me and say, well, that was Cromer who said that. So that'll be a good one there. Uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook as well. Just type in uh, Blues NHL Podcast. You'll find us. If you'll like our page, uh, you can get notifications and things like that when we throw things out. And, of course, we come to you every, each and every week from the lineupmedia.fm studios. Radio's changing. You're listening to what you want to listen to, when you want to listen to it, and how you want to listen to it. Lineup Media takes that very seriously. If you check them out, I guarantee if you're a podcaster, you're going to find another show you like. Already mentioned to you, I do a show with Benji Molina called Two Birds on a Bat. If you're a Blues fan, you're probably a Cardinal fan. We talk about the Blues on the Cardinal show. We talk about the Cardinals on the Blues show, vice versa. So it is a great day, again, as we mentioned, to be a fan of St. Louis sports. Make sure you check it out. There will be another podcast on there you'll enjoy, I promise you. Okay, so let's get to the events of downtown yesterday. You brought it up. I was at uh, Ballpark Village. Uh, kind of moseying around. I've still got some good friends at Anheuser-Busch, and they had a great uh, party yesterday. And I thought the Cardinals and the whole thing, they, they, they really understand what's going on. They had the game on on the big screen. Uh, during the pep rally, once they got it done, they put the Blues game on. They really understood the connection, and, and I think they also appreciated and, and understood the moving of the game to 3 o'clock. Sports fans kind of almost asked for it. And what we wound up happening was a great day of weather, we had a great hockey game and a great baseball game. So let's get to the hockey game, obviously. Um, you know, uh, Kimby talked about it in your absence. Uh, and, 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 again, it's, it's good to know you're still with us, Jamie, um, after, uh, after uh, uh, spending a little time uh, on the IR. But he, he talked about the importance and, uh, of this Nashville game. Now, obviously, we need, to, we need to not get too far ahead of ourselves. And I feel like we might have given away a point in Colorado. Uh, I, you have to respect every team, and I don't know. Did we look past Colorado? You know, I don't think we looked past them, but, you know, Colorado's a dangerous team, as well as some of the other teams that are no longer in the playoff run or who, you know, like Colorado hasn't had a chance in a long time. So you're able to play freely. And what's the worst that can happen? You're going to lose? Well, you lose anyways, right? So – the, the mindset for those guys becomes uh, let's build for the future. Let's try to keep our jobs because God knows everybody's going to be calling Colorado on free agency day, looking to land a spot because they were so bad. So these players have a lot to play for. And the young guys who maybe aren't battling for, to keep their jobs are battling to find lineup positions for the next year or two. So there's a lot on the line that isn't, you know, front and center. And with the, loosey-goosey kind of attitude sometimes you can put together great performances and then last but not least with a goalie playing like he did uh, like picker did against the blues especially in the late part of the game and overtime uh you know you run into a goalie like that and it just becomes more difficult so quite honestly to squeeze out a point after how well they played on the road period dot 
uh, I think it was still an accomplishment and put them still in a good spot to where they are today. So, yeah, did they lose a point that they'd like to have back? Yeah, but it's not as you know heartbreaking as it might seem to be. Well, yeah, the follow-up to that, obviously, is the matchup that Kimball kind of highlighted. And, and of course, and, and you know that he brought up uh, two upcoming games, obviously the Sunday home tilt with Nashville, and, uh, you know, the upcoming game against his favorite 500 team, Winnipeg, as uh, kind of benchmarks for how they could how they could handle the playoff scenario being the style of play. Now, um, so let's fast let, let let's go back now to the game yesterday. Um, Nashville comes to town, a very dangerous team, a team on you know on the rise, kind of like the Blues. They've had this surge. Maybe didn't play as well at the beginning of the year as you might expect. They're kind of firing all cylinders. They come to town, and um, what we have essentially was a great hockey game. Now that Scott Trade yesterday. Yeah, you know, like, look, it, it, there's a lot of ways to, I guess, look at the game yesterday, and let's take away from the game itself and look at the surroundings, right? I'm going to mention it again. It's a huge day for St. Louis sports. You've got the Cardinals opening day. You've got the Blues fighting for a playoff spot. You've got all this energy and intensity around the downtown area. So for the Blues being here, it has every bit of a feel of a playoff game. It's same for the Predators that are marching into town and they've got to play the blues. They're seeing all this action too. And it's like, no matter what the intensity, the adrenaline, everything ramps up. And so with sold out building, Scott trade predators are right on the heels of the blues, huge points. And I think we saw a game that actually mimicked that. Like you had the blues that played their, they both teams played really hard, but the blues played what I would say a playoff style game. And you got performances once again out of guys that, uh, you know, it's not the usual suspects every game. Yet, the leadership group is playing really, really well. So you're getting the leadership and you're getting solid play from, you know, what you'd call your leadership group or your so-called stars, whatever you want to call them. They're there every game doing good things, but they're getting goals and they're getting production. They're getting great plays out of guys, a different guy each night. And then, you know, obviously, goaltending. This time of the year, I think I saw the numbers yesterday where Jake Allen was like the number one goalie for the last month, 9-1-1 one, one or something like that. I mean, that his, his numbers are the best in the NHL right now over the last 11 games. So when you couple all that together, you have this huge game that you either have to you know show up or shut up. And I think the Blues showed up and, and did really well. Well, you know, you brought up the, the, the various players that are filling and, and, and doing all these things and providing and, and stepping up and doing us. Let me throw some names at you, and you tell me what comes to mind as far as their play lately. And I think these are some of the guys that at one time or another, we, I'm not going to say we, we question them or anybody question them, but you may have looked at the stat sheet and said, okay, where are they or what's their role? Let's start with, obviously, let's start at the top, and let's talk about the, the goal scorer, Vladimir Tarasenko. Well, Vladdy, right now, in my opinion, uh, I think he's proving he's an elite hockey player. And I know that might sound crazy because he had 40 goals last year and he's this, you know, dynamic player. But he's done it in ideal situations before with consistent, maybe not consistent line mates, but consistently good or elite line mates, uh, a power play that's, you know, functioning at a high level in the top three or four in the league. And, you know, it hasn't been easy, but it's been easier in the past. And I think since 
Coach Yost taken over, you've seen a little bit of a transformation here where he's scoring goals now in multiple situations. He's not giving up on pucks in the offensive zone. Uh, he's not a one-and-done player right now. He's working well with Steen and Schwartzy, but also if you put him out there with a couple of other guys at any point in time, he's working well with them. So what Vlad is showing you right now is something we discussed last year in the playoffs was can he do it when it matters? And right now he's doing it when it matters. So he's becoming that, that clutch player. So that's what I see out of him right now. Well, you mentioned two guys, so I'll go back to back with them. Two guys that are, you know, obvious uh, guys we count on on this team to produce, to to lead, to do various things. And for a while, we didn't see him on the score sheet. Now that doesn't always transcend to your game, but boy, it sure makes it rough, especially from the from the media or the fans. And that's Jaden Schwartz and uh, Alexander Steen. I'll let you tackle both of them at the same time. Well, yeah, you know, Schwartz he was playing well during that stretch um he was getting points he was making a difference but he wasn't scoring goals uh so that's you know that's where you can tend to look at it and go well he's not doing as much as he can be and i think mike yo did a great job with the schwartzy situation where he let people know i'm not angry at him you know he's getting lots of ice time he's playing good minutes he's making good decisions he's on the right side of the puck i mean i can't even tell you how many positive things that were said about Jaden Schwartz during his so-called dry spell. And I think that that's what keeps guys motivated. And, you know, Schwartz, he kept his foot on the gas the entire time and he still is, but now the pucks are going in for him and he's, you know, getting rewarded for that hard work. So for me, Jaden Schwartz is a kid that uh, has really been resilient this year in many ways, but certainly with his, his dedication to just sticking to the program. So, for Schwartzy, uh, that's what I, I have for him. And Steiner, we've talked for years about Alexander Steen being the probably one of the best two-way forwards in the NHL. He's great defensively. He's your, you know, I, I'd like to say Swiss Army Knife, but, but I guess in his case we'll call it a Swedish Army Knife. Uh, you know, you can plug him in to left wing, center, right wing, he plays D on the power play. Uh, he he could play D if need be. I know during the lockout year he played D over in Sweden for an entire season. So he's just that guy. Power play, penalty kill. And, and you know, watching him, you know, the hard work that he's putting in and just listening to his interviews and his interaction with the media, talking about team game, attention to details, uh, you know, cleaning up our game a little bit more. We're, we're not quite there yet, but we're working hard. It's not that guys are just regurgitating stuff that they think people want to hear. This is actually what becomes that is it becomes a culture. And what happens then is the coach, whatever he said over the last number of games for with Yo, what has it been? Uh, what? 20 some games that he's a coach, 30 some uh, games. Is it 20? Maybe. Is it that many? Well, maybe it is. Go ahead. You know, along those lines, his message or his philosophy as a coach is ringing true right now. These players are repeating what they're hearing, repeating what they believe in, and they're executing those things while they're on the ice. So Steiner continues to get points, but I don't worry about him with the points because I look at him as a guy that he's going to play 20 minutes a game or close to it as a forward, which is a tremendous amount of ice time, and he's going to be leading all the time, and he makes the right plays and all that. So for me, Steiner's doing what he does best, which is kind of a little bit of everything. And Schwartz is doing a great job of continuing to produce offense 
even though he had a rough patch, we'll call it, uh, he's muscled through it and come out on the other side looking like a rock star. Um, just so that you know that you were dead on on that, it was nineteen and seven, a seven fourteen percent, pretty good <laughs> for Mike Yo. So yeah, yeah you're right huh? on there. Yeah, not too shabby. Speaking of not too shabby, the guy that I really wanted to bring up um, is a guy that when they signed him, I always liked him as a player, but I kind of thought I'm not sure what this is signing is supposed to do, only because of who we lost. And I thought, well, I'm not quite sure we we need. I mean, yeah, it's great to have another guy like this, but we had young players, we had other needs. But I tell you what, he has been, and I like to use this term, he has been all that in a bag of chips, and that's David Perron. Yeah, you know, Terry is a player that when we got him as a young kid, and it happens a lot, like he got away with so much stuff in junior for just being so talented. And we saw that early in his career where he could wow you at any point with stick handling around three guys in a phone booth almost, you know, and you're like, wow, that guy can play. And then he did really well, but he was lacking in his all-around game. And so he became, I don't want to say disposable, he became a real good poker chip in the trade game. And so the Blues moved him on, uh, for obviously for to fill other voids and other players and whatnot, but he went away and he went to multiple organizations, I believe three, uh, being Edmonton, Anaheim, and Pittsburgh, and being in Pittsburgh is never a bad thing around those guys and learning the way of doing things properly and, and whatnot. So when he came back to us this time, he's been more of a role player, which is kind of crazy because he came in as a dynamic player. And now he ends up being a role player. And you and I have talked about this before, Chromes, is he's getting his nose in there and he's getting on the floor check and he's, you know, giving a guy a whack yesterday with a stick, which – I was a penalty, but I don't mind it. You know, it shows to me that he's involved and that he's willing to engage the opponent. Now, that being said, he's contributing on the scoreboard. If you look at his points yesterday, you know, uh, the first pass, uh, first assist he gets on Tarasenko goal, just makes a good play. You know, Schwartzy makes a great pass to Tarasenko, but Perron's still involved. Now, second point he gets, does a great job along the wall, battling and grinding around, and spinning and being difficult to check, and he finds Alexander Steen wide open, backdoor, one-timer in the net. The effort was all David Perron, and, you know, Steener acknowledged that right away, like goes right to him, like, wow, what a play, which is great because teammates encouraging each other, that's, that's really the key to success too. And then you look at his goal, and for those who saw it, he grinded along the wall. He got knocked down face first into the boards. As he's on the ice, he kicks his leg out, drags the puck back through the scrum, battles again, gets knocked down, back to the point, comes back to him, and he comes off the wall with a guy all over him, uh, protects the puck, drives to the middle of the ice, gets his head up in the last second and rips it to the blocker side of the goalie for a goal. Those things, to me, speak volumes as to what David Perron has evolved into which isn't just your toe drag or chip it through the legs and go kind of guy. He's battling along the wall. He's hard to play against. He makes life difficult, and he's still coming up with these fantastic plays. So his evolution, especially this year, has been fantastic, and he just seems to be getting better and better. So, uh, you know, I think it's a great move by the Blues, and he's come back to us kind of like as an overview of it. He's come back to us as a much better player this time around. Yeah, you know, the goal was uh, incredible. The The place went crazy at uh, at Ballpark Village. I, the effort and then 
you know, the emotion after he scored. I mean, you, you could feel that coming, right? I mean, you didn't have to be at Scott Trade to watch that kind of effort. And then when the puck goes in, just his the elation that he had. But he has – he's been great for us. I You know, I, I think about David Perron. You mentioned it as a fan when he first came up. I think we were so impressed with the hands and his ability to keep defenders off the puck. And he, you know, could separate himself from the puck and the defender – and that, you know, but he played a lot on the perimeter, and you always kind of thought, man, get to the front of the net with all that, right? And it just kind of slowly didn't happen. But now, I mean, his his physical game, I mean, he you know, he's not known for being a banger, right? But, man, he plays hard, and that's what I've been impressed with. Yeah, it, that's, you've nailed it there. It's, he's, he's come back, and it's, it's no longer, like I said, the one-and-done kind of play where he either – you know, makes a great play, tips it through a guy's leg, toe drags it, flips over a stick. He's not doing that anymore. He's he's grinding out plays. He's not giving up on plays. And that's the biggest thing. And like you said, the emotion surrounding that goal. Well, yeah, because that, he was in a battle, man, of all battles. He's getting his face pushed into the boards. He's getting knees, he's getting hit, cross-checks, slash. And then to be able to pull through on the other side of all that and still bury a goal, that's, uh, uh, I tell you what, the adrenaline going through someone's body at that time, it's incredible because you felt like you've been in this you know, hand-to-hand combat almost battle, and you've won that battle by finishing the puck in the net. So it's so many things going on at the same time, but he's really, really turned into a guy that's counted on with that team. And I can tell you that the players have really come to love the way he's playing and respect what he's doing out there. Not that they didn't before, but he was viewed as a one-dimensional player before. And now, once again, he's just this better overall version of David Perron. Well, he's been a, he's been a great find for us. And, you know, I, there's no secret. I think um, Mr. Armstrong's taken a little bit of, little bit of heat at, to, at one time or another this season. Uh, but, you know, hey, hats off. He, you know, he, he signed David Perron to fill a role on this team, and I would say David Perron's filled it. So I'm going to have to say uh, good job on that one. Um, hey, we've got four games left. Uh, I look at this schedule. Um, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at the, the teams that we're playing, and we definitely have the easier road, although I think you mentioned it earlier. Um, all these teams are dangerous, especially this time of year. Um, you know, we play Winnipeg at home tomorrow night, which, again, uh, I've let Darren Kimball, um, our good friend Kimby, I think all the fans think Winnipeg's a Stanley Cup contender because he loves them so much. But but he is yeah, I hope Kimby's on their payroll or something because I've never <laughs> seen a guy promote a team like that. Good God. You'd think he's from Saskatchewan, but you'd think he was born and raised in Winnipeg. Uh, you, you, I think he's looking for a roster spot because I think he'd fit in with that bunch probably. So I think that could be part well, of it. Well, that head isn't fitting in anywhere. Let's <laughs> oh, be man. I'll tell oh, you come what, on. I love it when, when you guys both aren't in studio. When it's here, it's all love. <laughs> but when you got it's great. But no, I, you know, we have. Have four games left. I look at these standings. Um, you know, Darren kind of mentioned it on Thursday. And before I let you go, I'll just get your thoughts. The way this thing shakes out right now, we catch Minnesota, who really is a team that hasn't played well lately. Uh, I think the the other games, the way it shakes out, you would have Chicago facing facing Nashville, and you're gonna one of those teams would be out, which is always a positive for us, um, I think. And then. Um, you know, the other games aren't that I, – I mean, there's going to be some interesting matchups in this first round, and I guess if you were going to look ahead, a matchup against Minnesota, the way things are going for them right now, would probably be the best-case scenario for the Blues. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think it is. Uh, you know, obviously the, the wild as of right now aren't going to be marching into the playoffs with a lot of feel good going on in that locker room. Uh, you know, they've had a, a really tough go here in the last while dropped substantially in the standings. Blackhawks have caught and passed them. Uh, they've had trouble. It's not a secret. So, there's two things that happen with that matchup is you're running into a team that's either going to be turning it around right at the right time going into the playoffs, or you're running into a team that might say, okay, season's gone. Now crank it up. And it's like a fresh start for them. Or lastly, you run into a team that maybe, maybe is defeated mentally. And maybe the coach's past history of not being able to produce playoff winner that starts to creep out in the players, the media, even the coaches themselves, including Bruce Boudreau, maybe that starts to sink in a bit. So there's lots of ways it can go, but I do think that they're the best matchup for us. And quite honestly, I know this is going to sound maybe a little bit crazy, uh, but I'm okay with it, is the fact that I'd rather have them get home ice advantage. And here's why. You've got a team that is limping into the playoffs, in the Minnesota Wild, and you have a team in the St. Louis Blues that has done extremely well lately on the road. And the biggest thing in the hockey world, playoffs especially, is if you can march into the other team's building and win one of two while you're there, you're coming home now for the next two games, and you have a chance to ring off two wins at home. Now you're up 3-1 in the series, and that's a commanding lead. And you know what? If the Blues are fortunate enough to win game one on the road, holy crap, I can tell you what, that there's going to be a lot of uptight, nervous fans, players, coaches, everything for game two in Minnesota. It becomes a must-win game because of the scenario of going back to St. Louis for the next two games. It becomes a must-win, which adds a lot of pressure to everybody involved with that organization because they are limping into the playoffs. So ideally for me, and some might disagree, and I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> ideally for me, starting on the road with this group the way it's gone is an advantage, and especially against Minnesota. So I love the matchup, and I love that Chicago will play Nashville, and they'll have a chance to beat the piss out of each other for an entire series. And whoever comes out on top of that, we get a shot at next. So, yeah, I guess in an ideal world, I'd be happy with all that. Yeah, it's 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 going to be an amazing scenario for the Blues if it finishes out the way. Now we could be looking at this in about three weeks and go, man, we were nuts. It was that was not a good matchup, but that's how it works, right? That's how everything. You know, the one guy that you mentioned um, for me, and um, you know, is the the difference, and it's been that way this whole time. And I think it starts at the back and works up has been Jake Allen. And if Jake Allen plays the way he's playing right now, uh, you know, I'm confident playing anybody. I'll I put it this way: I'll take my chances. How about that? Well, yeah, you know, um, look, let's be honest. Everybody wanted to exile Jake Allen. Except for Kimball. that tough stretch. Except for King Kimball. I will say, <laughs> I won't say King, but I will give it to Kimby. He was right. He said stick with him. And you know what? Uh, and kudos to Mike Yo. Yeah. And even Hitch at the time. You know, sure. let's, let's be honest here. Hitch kept him going. He kept putting him in the net for the most part. Now, he pulled him a lot, but... Let's be honest, if you felt like your job was at risk, even though he may have acted like he didn't think it was, if you think your job's at risk, you're not going to just gut it out with a guy. And so 
you know, he did what he had to do in my opinion, but Mike Yo came in and said right away, Jake Allen's our guy, you know, like what's your problem type thing. And was like, he's going to bounce through this. We've got Marty Berdour. We've got a great team. We're changing things around a little bit. And I expect Jake to be right back to being an elite goalie. And I'll tell you what, you know, Mr. Yo was right on that. And Jake has stepped up and, not only been a solid goalie, he's right now in the last 11 games, the number one goalie in the NHL. So you talk about a turnaround and talk about a guy's mental toughness. Um, and Jake Allen's displayed that. And now it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. So going into the playoffs, you've got a really solid goalie who's playing the best in my opinion in his career. And if by chance, He's not unbelievable every single game. You have what I believe to be one of the best backups in the league. Carter Hutton has stepped in when called upon and played great hockey and been a great teammate. So, you know, it's a situation where guys are pulling for each and every guy in the locker room, meaning, you know, they want Jake to be the best player that he can be. But if he can't be, then everybody's pumped up for Carter Hutton, including Jake Allen, to go in there and play great. So, uh, right now, like I said, there's a lot of feel good around that locker room, but it all stems from the team coming together, playing a real team game and team first mentality. And I think that that's got them where they are right now. Well, there's no doubt the fans are excited. Um, I'm real anxious. Uh, as soon as we get done with you, we're going to go to Angela Sharp and get a gauge on the festivities down there yesterday. I can only imagine she's probably got some some great insight. The fans, I can only imagine with everything going on and then the win there and then pouring out over to Bush Stadium afterwards, which I'm sure a lot of those people started at Bush Stadium and made their way to Scott Trade. So it was just a great day in general. Uh, we're winding down to this thing. It won't be long. We'll be talking playoff hockey, which I'm not sure uh, any one of us would have sat in here a couple of months ago and, and guaranteed that we'd be doing the show during the playoffs, to be completely honest. So it's a good time. Um, you're a busy guy. We talked at length uh, on the St. Louis Youth Report on Thursday about you and the things that Synergy Hockey are doing. And um, I know you're busy right now, but uh, remind everybody real quick, um, you know, I know that you're, you're, you got all your camps going on, a lot of individual lessons, things like that. Remind everybody, Jamie, where they can go for Synergy Hockey information. Yeah, uh, go to SynergyHockeySkills.com. We have uh, small group lessons, which is – uh, what I deem right now in the springtime, a lot of people love to get involved in those because there's tryouts always at the end of spring for the higher elite teams that that have players going for those positions. Uh, and we actually, we've added a spot out at Merrimack on Tuesday afternoon. So anybody who's down south or in that area can jump on and look at jumping in one of those lessons. And then now that uh, the Hardy's Iceplex is no longer with us, unfortunately, we've moved all of our home business so to say over to the mills outlet rink where the blues practice and we're running our lessons out of there on wednesdays fridays and sundays and on top of that obviously we're setting up for a big summer run for 10 weeks straight uh, probably in about two different rinks each week around the st louis area so once again synergyhockeyskills.com get on there check it out check out the list of coaches we have it's just each guy is better than the next so it's uh, a lot of fun right now well, you're a big part of it, and um, I know you're on the ice a lot with the kids, and um, that's how you keep your girlish figure. So I'm sure you're going to just – I'm sure your <laughs> wife's going to make sure you stay out there, keep working out, right? 
Uh, she likes me anytime she has me away from the house. Apparently, <laughs> she likes me better. So I don't know. You know, whatever. I, I, I got to be honest. I can see it. I mean, it, it's it makes sense <laughs> after spending a lot of time with you in studio. It makes a lot of sense. No, hey, listen. Oh, yeah, coming from the guy who couldn't see straight yesterday. Oh eh, boy, here yeah, we yeah. go. Here we go. Hey, you you hey you spent a few days not seeing straight yourself. I'm sure so. No, very good point. Good stuff, my man. Um, Hey, want to thank a a couple people that uh, bring you Jamie each and every week. And of course, his St. Louis youth report on top of his thoughts and comments is always about the blues. First, his good friend, Sean Vincent and all the group over at Vincent Mortgage. Remember, you can chat live with a loan officer at VincentMortgage.com. Get all the information you need instantly. Just visit VincentMortgage.com. Click chat with a mortgage expert. Connect live and in real time to one of their professional loan officers. They can help you figure out the best way to reach your family's financial goals. You know the number, 314-839-9999, or just visit VincentMortgage.com. Of course, uh, Kimball and uh, Jamie's good friend, Scott Nelson, and as Darren always likes to remind us, the boss, his wife, uh, they do such a great job over there, uh, always, always helping out, doing whatever they need to do. So involved in the youth hockey community as well. Such a great sport and, and again, just great people trying to grow their business here in St. Louis. So they've kind of asked us to ask you to just check them out, nelsonlandservices.com. They are asking you to just check out their website so you can see some of the work they've done, what they're capable of. They're so established in the Ozark area. If you've ever driven down that way, you'd see some of the beautiful homes on the lake. You see all of the landscaping and some of the great things that people have done to turn those homes into just basically private paradises. You know the number down at the lake. It's 573-392-9993. But here in St. Louis, as they're trying to grow their business, 636-244-5651. Special thanks to listener Ryan. We know he sent us an actual message last week that he contacted the Nelsons and they're coming out to, to look at doing some stuff at their house. We appreciate it when our support fans just, you know, support the businesses that help us keep the show on the air. They're asking for just an opportunity to give you a bid to look at what they could do for you. Again, that's nelsonlandservices.com. Remember the only name in landscaping you'll need to know is Nelson land. Jamie, thanks so much. Um, and again, thanks to the partners that bring you in here each and every week. And of course, uh, synergy hockey as well. All right, buddy. I appreciate you guys giving me a call and letting me uh, voice my opinions for a little while. Well, if we didn't have your opinion, what would we have? Mine, and nobody really wants it. So, <laughs> all right, that's good point. that's the good. That's the good, not the great. No, the great Jamie Rivers, and he will be in studio with us again on Thursday. And uh, I look forward to it. See you, pal. You got it, buddy. Thanks a lot. All right, that's uh, Jamie Rivers, and of course, uh, always uh, when we finish with Jamie on Mondays, it's always time to go to the one that's awesome at being awesome. Angela Sharp. Angela, you there? I'm there. Hey, guys. You are here. You're alive. That's how I feel today, like I'm alive. <laughs> I'm alive. I made it, and I went to work this morning. So, you know, so far, so good. See, we we didn't use Benji's note that he offered us all to get off work today. And I, the only reason I didn't use my note was because today is a labor of love for me. I get to talk about the Blues game yesterday, and then I get to sit with Benji and talk about the Cardinal game. So, for me, I didn't feel like it was – uh, uh, going to be right for me to come into my boss and say, here's this note from Benji saying I get the day off. I don't know. I think I should have used the note maybe. <laughs> yes, you probably should have. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun but very long day yesterday. <laughs> yes, I was. It's funny. I um, When I got home last night, which basically thanks to a three-run homer in the ninth, it would have been a 30 minutes earlier probably. But um, when I got home, I sat there and thought, oh, my goodness gracious, I left this house so long ago. But it was such a fun day. Um, exactly. It's exactly my thoughts. Yeah, it was a great day. But when I did come home eventually, I was like, wow, when did I leave this morning? <laughs> yeah, just crazy. But, you know, but a great day, of course. Um, you know, and you get to be such a part of these things when they're happening in the community per se, I guess. 
Uh, we look at it yesterday. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of Blues fans, which I'm sure you interacted with, started downtown. Gosh, only knows what God only knows what time. I, the weather turned out so that people were probably tailgating early, walking around, taking in the good weather, making their way down to Scott Trade, and that's kind of where you come in of, of uh, collecting the crowd and getting a vibe. Uh, obviously, we had the whole Cards Blues thing going on yesterday. What was the fan fandom like down there with all that? Well, you know, you're right. It was super fun, and the day was beautiful. That Ballpark Village, earlier in the day, from like, I think, 11 to 1, they were kind of throwing a blues, you know, pregame party thing down on the same stage where they had their Cardinals game. So a lot of blues fans started their day down there, and then, yes, like you said, made their way for the 3 o'clock start against Nashville, to back to the Scott Trade. And then a lot of those same fans came with me back down to the Cardinals game. So, I mean, it was a super fun day. But when the Blues fans got to me when we first started off there at the Scott Trade Center, I mean, it was a good vibe. Everybody knew that was a game that we really needed to win, the Nashville game. I mean, Nashville is a team that was back and forth and tied and up and down with in points. So that was the game that we needed to win. And I think people thought it was going to be a tougher game than it ended up being. I mean, you know, for a while, that, that first period was, you know, 1-1 one, one tied, okay, but then, you know, the Blues kind of picked it up a notch and, and took us home and gave us the winner that we needed. And it's just really cool to see all those Blues fans on there. There's a lot of people with, like, Cardinals jerseys over their blue shirts so that you can see the note, you can see their Cardinals jersey, or vice versa, you know, however it goes. I mean, you just really love to see the, you know, everybody getting together like that. The whole One Nation initiative is really kind of taken off, and it was really cool to see their – Plus, there were some Predators fans who had made the drive from Nashville to come see their team play. And I, I think that the one thing about us that is better than a lot of other places, and that I've heard this from the visiting fans, is that we're really, really nice to those out-of-towners that come in to watch their team. I know sometimes people get a lot of trouble when they go to Chicago or something like that, but I've heard from many people when they come up from different cities that we're just really, really nice to them. So it just goes to show you how how great the St. Louis sports fan is. Well, I will blame you then because it sounds like you had brought 20,000 of your friends down to Bush Stadium right after the Blues game because it took forever to get in the stadium yesterday. So I'm going to blame you for that. You should have kept the party going down yeah, at Scott Trade a little longer and got all those people down there just a little later. So I'm going to blame you for that. And you, you, you can blame me, but I, I walked from the Scott Trade to Bush Stadium. So, I mean, we all had to go down there and hang out. And I think you'll find this really funny. You always talk about the shirt shooter selfie i think i took more selfies with blues fans down at the cardinal game than i did at the blues game well you took a <laughs> which was great fun you took an awesome selfie yesterday which just had to be fun you had uh, you were right in between two of the most iconic and loved characters here in st louis fred bird and louie talk a little bit about that one yeah i mean you have to love it when when fred bird shows up at one of our events and i think that probably the same is true when louie shows up at one of fred bird's events but no well, like i said it, it one nation We've got that whole blue Cardinals love going. So yeah, Fred Bird sat by, and I did. I got I got a I got a photo of myself in between those two guys. And no better way to celebrate a game that you know we needed to win as as the Blues, the Blues needed to win, and then of course the Cardinals home opener, which really is an unofficial holiday in St. Louis. And, you know, luckily yesterday nobody had to take off work for it, but it's still an unofficial holiday. Well, I have a feeling there was a lot of blue flu today. So um, and again, I, our friend, our friend <laughs> that's, from. That's, 
Yeah, our friend from Two Birds on a Bat, Benji Molina, had wrote a note and put it on social media that uh, it was it was basically for everybody to send to their boss so that they could be off work Monday. I don't know how many people that worked for. I hope nobody got <laughs> fired over the note, but it was a great gesture by a, by a good friend of the show. Uh, want to talk I to you? It. Want to talk to you about one player in particular yesterday? Um, I'm just curious the fan sentiment and the, I guess, the reaction to his effort, and that's David Perron. We saw it on the big screen at Ballpark Village. The goal, uh, obviously he played a great game all the way around, but the goal was just amazing and, and a thing of effort, really. Uh, and then a finish. It's one, yeah. it's one thing to do it and then finish. And judging by his exuberance and, and his joy, I can only imagine the crowd reaction. I mean, I mean, I mean, you guys probably know this from the first time he was on the, our team. He's always been one of my favorites. He's a super nice to interview, so I always just really root for him. But I happened to be, you know, sitting in the stands watching during that goal happen because I had a lot of downtime yesterday. So, you know, not, not maybe so much fun for the fans, but super fun for me to be able to watch the game. I had a lot of downtime. So I was watching the game, and you could hear the fans, like, really cheering for him in particular because he did. He had that extra extra pop in his step, and you could just tell he really wanted that. He really wanted that goal. He really wanted that game. So, I mean, I'm always happy when he does well just because he's such a wonderfully nice person. Yeah, the fans have really seemed to take to the appreciation level that he's deserved with this second stint. Uh, I think. It, oh, absolutely. I think Jamie mentioned it earlier. He's obviously a more complete player. He was a young player when he played for us that had this talented uh, skill level of hands and, and ability to keep players off the puck. But now he's added more elements to his game and elements actually that have helped us more than I think any of us knew when he would when he would sign. But he's become a favorite again of of, of fans and uh, with the way things are going right now, uh, I know as a you know if I take the the show out of it and just be a fan, I like uh, where we sit. Uh, what's the sentiment you're getting from fans as we head into the playoffs? Has this recent surge and run made believers out of a lot of people that heck weren't even sure we'd make the playoffs a couple months ago? Well, yeah, I definitely think so, and especially after the win yesterday. That win yesterday, like I said, I, I did walk down to Bushingham with a whole bunch of Blues fans. I mean, the game was over, and a lot of us kind of walked down there, and you could hear a lot of people talking to me like, you know what, you know, we have a real chance at this. Like, you know, they're weighing the options of who we're going to play in the playoffs and that kind of thing, and, you know, I like this person better than that person. And, of course, everybody does that, but I definitely think, the, you know, oh my God, we're sinking, we're drowning, the wheels are falling off the bus, that's got, that's gone. And now it's like, who would you rather play first? Who would you rather play as the playoffs hit? I think people really do like this run that they've had in the last couple of weeks. And I think the fans are, are really taking to that, that win yesterday really definitely helped. Well, again, I think it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be an interesting time in St. Louis. Next week, we get the flip-flop though, on Sunday. We get the Cards game, then the Blues game. So that should be another oh. another great Sunday for you. And we'll have to keep an eye out on the weather because if it's good, God only knows how that's going to go for you as well. Well, yeah. I, see, that's, that one's going to be a little tougher for me. I have a really early cold meeting, so I might not be able to catch most of that Cardinals game. I might have to watch that one on TV, which is unfortunate. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's always fun when you can walk one, from one to the other. I mean, that's, that's a great time, and, you know, a couple wins doesn't hurt either. No, they do not. But, uh, but Angela, you do a great job. We appreciate your uh, input each and every week. You give us a great uh, a sense of what's going on with the fans, but we also appreciate your perspective on how they're doing. And, again, you're our definite Blues insider down there, as we can always count on you. Uh, I appreciate you coming on each and every week. And, again, I'm so happy that the Sharp Selfies are really taking off. We're getting more and more stuff through 
social media. Don't forget, make sure you follow Angela. Angela, how do they do that? Yep, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or uh, Twitter, just using my name. It's Angela Shark. Angela has two L's, and Shark has an E at the end of it. So follow me, let's hang out, and, uh, you know, let's have a good run in this playoffs. All right, that's the lady who's awesome at being awesome, Angela Sharp. We'll see you next week, girl. <laughs> see you later. Let's go Blues. That's Angela Sharp. Of course, she comes to you each and every Monday here on the Blues NHL Podcast. We appreciate her giving us our t- her time. She's very busy. She does so many different things. Uh, and I know that all you guys appreciate what she does. Uh, again, um, you know, she's our ambassador for what's going on down at the Scott Trade, and we really do appreciate her. So thanks a lot. Again, that's Angela Sharp. Don't forget two L's and an E at the end of Sharp. All right, uh, another gentleman who we really appreciate is Brad Lee and the great paper that he puts out, the St. Louis Game Time Report. Um, you can get it each and every home game out in front of the Scott Trade Center. It's very well done. It's kind of like our podcast. It's done by fans, for the fans, and it really gives you a true fan perspective. Always interesting stories, always interesting takes. It's well worth uh, your time and energy and effort to find a vendor right out in front. They do a great job if you follow them on social media. Uh, of letting you know kind of where you can find it, how you can get involved with getting it. Uh, subscribing is a great thing. I do. I get it. comes to my email so I can read it. Um, you know, but if you like to read that kind of stuff in between periods or maybe when there's a stoppage in play, it's awesome read while you're there at the game. Always insightful and always from a fan's perspective. Make sure you check it out, the St. Louis game time. Uh, let's hear from Bradley now as he brings us his report. Take it away, Brad. Hi, this is Brad with St. Louis game time doing the St. Louis game time podcast. Uh, let's see, today is Monday, and the Blues just finished, I think, what you could argue is one of the best or most important games of the season, Sunday afternoon against the Nashville Predators. Basically, third place was on the line. The Blues are now ahead, two points in the standings, 93-91, to and they have a game in hand, so they really are in the driver's seat for finishing third in the Central Division and avoiding the Chicago Blackhawks in the first round playing the still-faltering Minnesota Wild, who started off the season as the best team in the Western Conference by far. And and now they can't string two wins together to, to save their lives. So I think any team would be chomping at the bit to see the Minnesota Wild as their playoff opponent in the first round, and, and that's what the Blues are in position. The game Sunday was kind of a mess, considering the number of penalties that were called. Garrett Rank is a younger official. I think he came into the league part-time last year and is a full-time NHL NHL referee this year. He was racing to call penalties, and he, in fact, gave Nashville two five-on-threes in the first period. Uh, The worst call by far. David Perron uh, did a little bit of a love tap, I think you could say, to Arvidsson of the Predators. He tapped him on the arm, maybe near the hand. And Arvidsson act like he was shot by an invisible sniper in the rafters. And Rank Rank took the bait. Yeah, you could say that Perron deserved a slashing call. It was stupid. Play was over. Everyone was standing around. It was right in front of him. He reaches over and swings a stick and hits him on the arm. Not very hard. But the way that Arvidsson fell down. I mean, it's the textbook explanation on embellishment or diving. And... Garrett Rank, you know, took the bait and fell for it. Two full minutes of five on three. And I think if you ask anyone what you want to see out of an official is, is one, don't get caught up in the moment, and he totally did. And two, call call what you see, not what you think you see. Another call, Alex Steen did a reverse hit. He had the puck, did a reverse hit on a Predators player. He, it was the back of his shoulder, his trapezius muscle. 
It hit the predator in the chest, below his chin, but but in the chest. Uh, Garrett Rank called it two minutes for a blow to the head. He didn't come close to, to touching his head. He didn't touch his head. There's no way it should have been called. Alex Petrangelo, later in the game, took a high stick to the face. Granted, he was down near the ice. The stick came up. He was bleeding. They called it slashing only two minutes. They didn't call it high sticking, and then they didn't call it high sticking two minutes for bleeding. Uh, ridiculous. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. But you know what the best part was? The Blues overcame it. And when it came down to five-on-five play, the Blues controlled the game. They controlled the flow. They controlled the puck possession. Jake Allen was strong again. He's he's totally a different goaltender in the last couple weeks, ever since he started working with Martin Berdur. And got a little confidence and is, and is built on that. And he really has some momentum as we're just a little over a week away from the playoffs. Uh, so the Blues won 4-1. David Perron's goal where he basically shielded the puck from, from P.K. Subban and, and skated in from the boards, did the turn, faced the net, head up, shoots the empty part, makes the goal, celebrates. I mean, it was amazing. Uh, the goal that Tarasenko scored where he basically put it up over the goaltender and, and into the top of the net, he had, he had very little room to shoot. Uh, Ivan Barbashev and, and Joel Edmondson on a two-on-one and Edmondson, instead of passing the puck and, and putting it into the defender, decides to shoot it, scores on the rebound. I mean, they all the lines contributed to that big win. It sets them up nicely to finish third in the division, avoid the wild card, avoid the Hawks in the first round, avoid the Pacific division winner in the first round. Really sets them up to the team that I think most, most teams would want to play in the West. So looking forward, the Blues only have four games left in the regular season. There's Tuesday night against Winnipeg, a team they don't have a win against this year, and it would be nice to finally get two points against Winnipeg. Then they go on the road. They're at Florida, totally winnable game. They're against Carolina, a completely winnable game on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they finish against Colorado, once again the worst team in the Western Conference, and one that they deserve they, they owe a little payback to because you know the game last Friday – to end that two little road that two game road trip to Phoenix and to Colorado, they lost in in the in the shootout. You know the Liz were lucky to make it to that point because they were basically un, under attack the last ten minutes of that game, and Jake Allen had, Allen had the, held them in that game, and really won won the team that one point that you know kept them close with Nashville and set up that showdown yesterday. So. Looking at the rest of the schedule, I think what you want to see is the Blues maintaining this level of play, keeping the momentum going, not letting their guard down against inferior teams, teams outside the playoffs, and really wanting to say we're peaking at the right time. We're not peaking in in late March or, or late February. You know, they're playing their best hockey of the year right now. And you know what? Who knows what's going to happen? Once you get in the playoffs, it's the second season. All the records go back to zero. And basically, you look at the bracket and say, okay, here's the team you have to play. Let's see if you can get four wins first. And, man, it could be setting up for a great run again. Who knows? You know, Obviously, the Blues are looking to take advantage of the, the, air, the issues that Minnesota has right now. They're not afraid of Chicago. They beat them in the first round last year in seven games. You make it back to the conference finals, you, know, you never know what happens. So... Oh, it's hard to believe 
that I could be talking like this about the Blues after trading Kevin Shattenkirk and after not doing anything else to the deadline, not adding any veteran scoring help or, or not any, adding any other picks or prospects, just making that one deal and then saying, okay, this is the team you have, go try and, and win it all. And I'm not saying that they're a cinch to advance in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're a cinch to make it to the third round. You can see the path, though. You can see what they have to face, the adversity that's in their way. And, you know, it's it's crazy to think that we could be this optimistic about this team at this point in the season after what's happened pretty much all year. The up-and-down play, the losing streaks, the not being able to put two wins together, the drama with... Hitchcock and Mike Yo behind the bench at the same time, Kevin Shattenkirk situation, his trade, the firing of Ken Hitchcock, and and how this team has responded to Mike Yo, the whole thing could tell a really long story and probably will someday. And you wouldn't expect the Stanley Cup, you know, a contender to come out of that mess. But I think the Blues are as good as any team in the Western Conference. And we'll have a, a shot, a real shot, to advancing. So we'll see what happens. Otherwise, the rest of this regular season, yeah, you know, just don't just don't make any big mistakes. Don't get anybody hurt. Hopefully that last game or two in Carolina on Saturday and the, the home game against Colorado on Sunday, maybe they can rest some players. Maybe they can rest Jake Allen. Maybe they can get some guys healed up that have some uh, reoccurring injuries or, or, or soreness and, and really give guys a chance to rest up and, and be prepared when they open the playoffs next week. So we'll see what happens. You know, huge win. Great day for St. Louis sports. The Blues at 3, the Cardinals at 7.30, uh, the Clydesdales, the Hall of Fame players, uh, the Cubs in town. It was just amazing. So what a great day. Uh, hopefully the Blues can carry them up in a form, we'll, and I guess we'll just see what happens. And next week we'll have a playoff match to talk about and and set up what the Blues have to do and when to move on. So... I'm excited to be at this point. I hope you are too. Uh, Come back next week for more game time uh, here on the Blues NHL podcast. Remember game time, we have a website, stlouisgametime.com, Twitter, at stlouisgametime, or you can find our fan run paper sold outside every Blues home game, outside the the garage entrance, the 14th Street doors, and northeast corner of 14th and Clark. We appreciate everyone reading. That's it for me. Back to you, Jim. Great stuff as always, and again, I highly encourage you to make sure you check them out, the St. Louis Game Time. You'll find that paper before each and every home game right out in front of Scott Trade Center. Uh, It's a must-read, in my humble opinion, especially with the playoffs coming up. going to be really good stuff. I hope everybody was uh, as uh, thrilled with the victory yesterday as I was. Uh, I'm curious to get Mr. Kimball's take on Thursday. He said he'd be watching intently as they played both the game against Nashville and, of course, the upcoming game against Winnipeg. I understand what he's saying. I know we like to give Darren a little gruff about his love for Winnipeg, but the bottom line is they're a playoff-style hockey team. Uh, They may not have uh, some of the finer points of their game, obviously enough of the finer points of their game to get themselves into a playoff position, but they play that style and they're hard to play against. Uh, If you win or lose, you knew you were in a battle with them, and I think that's really what Darren's getting at with that club. Uh, Let's see if the Blues have it in them. They've done a great job so far. They're getting contributions across the board, as I think Jamie pointed out. Uh, It's not one guy every night doing it for everybody. It's a multitude of guys that are coming together and playing. Uh, we've talked about the fourth line and its importance of this hockey team. As he mentioned, the good players that well, the supposed you know good players on paper are stepping up and doing their job, but they're getting a contribution across the board. But the bottom line at the end of the day is this thing starts with the guy at the back, and that's Jake Allen. 
He's done a phenomenal job. Uh, really, I, I got to tell you, I think we all knew that Jake had the capability of being a top-flight goaltender. But the way things were going for him early in the season, it's kind of hard to blame anybody for – you know, sitting there and going, man, I don't know what's going on, but things just don't seem right with Jake. Well, guess what? They weren't, but he has found a way to write this ship. He has become right in front of our eyes the goalie that I think all of us, including the Blues organization, thought he could be. And if Jake Allen's going to play that way, uh, and the guys are going to play that way in front of him, because yesterday's an example. I talked to Jamie about it off air. I talked to a couple other people. I didn't get to see all the game yesterday, but from what I understand, while Nashville may have had a lot of shots. A lot of them are from the perimeter, and the shots that were in tight, Jake had a good look at them. So the D is doing their job. The forwards are doing a great job coming back and protecting their house. I'm telling you, if we let this guy see the puck and we give him an opportunity with the way he's playing right now, I'll take my chances and play anybody. We all know what a hot goaltender can do for a team on a playoff run. Uh, really enjoyed the show today. Again, it was a great day in St. Louis yesterday. Uh, I hope you at least had the opportunity to get downtown and experience the atmosphere, whether it was a Blues situation for you or a cardinal situation those two franchises have really kind of meshed well together and go hand in hand it was a great day to be a st louis sports fan and again uh anytime you have that opportunity i always encourage you even if you don't have tickets just get down there and be a part of it no different than the the winter classic opening day in st louis playoff runs all the great things that go on down there they do a great job both the blues organization and the cardinal organization and from a fan's perspective i can tell you i really do appreciate the way they work together Yesterday's an example of that. It would have been a real crying shame for a lot of people to have to choose between the Blues game and the Cardinal game yesterday. That is going to happen. There's nothing you can do about that. But the fact that they knew and recognized it enough to allow the fans their opportunity to just really have an unbelievable sports experience in St. Louis yesterday, hats off to both those franchises. All right, for the Blues NHL podcast, I'm your host, Jim Cromer, and uh, for my friend Gary Henson from uh, McKendree University and their great university experience, again, we encourage you to check him out and always give him an opportunity. He'll be back. Try to maybe try to get him in here on Thursday just to see what's going on over there. Of course, Jamie and Darren, uh, both being out of studio, but Jamie kind enough to call in. Of course, Angela Sharp and the Game Time Report. For all of those and more, this is the Blues NHL podcast. Let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.